This episode of Irritable Dad Syndrome was previously recorded in a basement somewhere in Ohio. Please listen responsibly. <laughs> if there's a fire, fight it with fire. <laughs> just, just throw more fire on it. <laughs> fight fire with fire. Whoever said that clearly had never tried to put out a fire before. Yeah. That's the dumbest advice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, we were driving out here today across the desert, and it occurred to us there wouldn't be world hunger if you people would live where the food is! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Irritable Dad Syndrome. Now, please welcome the only podcast hosts with their own matching weed whackers, Mike and Darren. Hey, I'm Darren. I'm Mike. Welcome to Irritable Dad Syndrome. This is episode 93. 93. Yep. 1993 was the year Zuropa was released <laughs> Nobody by cares. U2. Stop that. Nobody cares. It's a follow-up to Octane Baby. I, I know, but nobody cares. So this episode, uh, oh Bess and I went to see Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. Remember Tears for Fears? I do remember Tears we for Fears. We saw Tears for Fears. I want to talk about that. Fantastic. Um, I saved a man's life at a birthday party. Sort of. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're going to see the first installment of the Mike and Darren advice column, which we, under advisement from our legal team mm-hmm. we're told um, not to and do. advisors, we're told not to do. <laughs> we're we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it. We want problems that we can help give advice on. I've County. square danced twice in towns you've never been to. So we're going to give advice on this episode. Yep. I have found more floor signs at my local Kroger, and they ask more questions than they answer. Okay. <laughs> so right. there you go. Okay. All right. Before we start this week's episode, um, I-, I want to get a little bit serious. Because something uh, sad happened to me yesterday. I found out that one of my band directors, I went to Science Hill High School in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I graduated in 1988. I was in marching band. I joined marching band way later than everybody else. I, I joined my junior year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine said, hey, they need someone to crash cymbals. We do not have anybody who can take the two cymbals and crash them together. I thought, hell, I can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I went and they gave them to me. And uh, I practiced, and turns out that I had rhythm. Okay. I, I figured out when to hit them at the yeah. right time, and yeah. I could march backwards. Okay. okay. Because when you crash cymbals in marching band, they make at least the cymbal people go backwards. The cymbal people march backwards because they hold them and they act as a hi hat for the snare players. Okay. okay. The snare players would play the. Oh, really? Yeah. So that I So you're a prop and a marching person. Exactly. So anyway, Mr. Stites was our band director. But the man who was in charge of our percussion department was Vincent Dial. Okay. Mm-hmm. This guy was a former NFL uh, linebacker. He played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a giant. Okay. Oh my God. He was ginormous. He had arms that were bigger than my entire body. He once <laughs> took a timpani drum. You know, the dung, dung, dung. I always called those Tim Panny. Yeah. The Tim Panny. Yeah. He once picked one up by himself, put it on his shoulder, and carried it onto the band bus, okay? Onto the truck. Like, there was a kid who was four and a half feet tall who played our tuba. He couldn't carry the tuba. Mr. (laughs) Dow was like, give me that. And he would take it, and he would put it on the truck. This guy was a towering giant. Okay. But he was as kind and as gentle as a a man could possibly be. Everybody loved him. And and I found out that he passed away. Oh, man. And he was a great guy. Just and he was a reverend, okay. So he was okay. a man of God, Christian. He, oh my God, he, his faith was just off the charts. But the students, 
uh, and the parents and everybody associated with marching band absolutely loved him and the void he left. Uh, oh my God. It's just, you, you can't calculate how many people he impacted, how many people who loved him. So for all his friends and his family and his f- fans, he had fans. Okay. Yeah. Vincent Dial, yeah. uh, my heart goes out to you and I'm certainly going to miss him. He was a great guy. So I just wanted to say that. So thank you. <laughs> it's May 25th. Uh, we're recording this episode uh, way much in advance. Way much is a word. Mike? <laughs> Mike? I just totally lost Mike. Hello? Earth to Mike. Mike, are you there? Hold on. What Hold the hell on. are you doing? I'm trying to get ready for Tile Day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's May 25th. We're recording this episode. Tal Day. A couple weeks in advance. Yeah. Tal Day. May 25th is Tal Day. Mike is a big fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And uh, as soon as I saw that, you know, it was Tal Day, I saw that online today. I thought, oh, dear God, please say we're not doing another tribute to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And apparently we are. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy. Uh-huh. My absolute favorite book of all time and okay. it's it's a book series it's a uh it's a trilogy in five parts uh-huh okay a trilogy in five parts yes and so uh, that doesn't make any it's sense it's the birthday you've never read the book so right. of course okay. it doesn't make okay. any sense okay i would like to read a selection okay. from the actual hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy okay so the book the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is Based on a book called uh-huh. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> okay. How, how much are you going to read? Do I need to go get an ice cream sandwich? Or I think I, I mean, I left something at the house. Can I go yeah. get it and come back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to do short ones because I know the last time you almost lost your mind. Okay. So this is an entry uh, The Babel Fish. Okay. 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 The Babel Fish <laughs> is a small yellow. And simultaneously, wait, the Babelfish. <laughs> the Babelfish is small, yellow, and simultaneously translates from one spoken language to another. Fascinating. When inserted into the ear, uh-huh. its nutrition processes convert sound waves into brain waves, neatly crossing the language divide between any species you should happen to meet whilst traveling in space. Can I ask a question? Sure. You, you're going to put that thing into your ear. Is that kind of like a Star Trek, the the search for the Khan, where they put the thing the, in the in ear? Star Trek, the search for Khan. The search for Khan. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wrath of Khan. Yeah, the wrath yeah. of Khan. <laughs> yeah. That was a search for They Spock. put the thing they in the Chekhov's thing. ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it, was it, not the Babelfish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some say, mm. some say that mm-hmm. the evolution of the Babelfish could not have been accidental, and hence that it proves the non-existence of God. Mm. Arthur Dent a surviving earthling uh-huh. commented only when first inserting the fish into his ear canal. Uh-huh. It did, however, enable him to understand Vogon poetry. Not necessarily a good thing. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's this year's reading from the Hitchhiker's yeah, oh, okay, Guide to the okay. Galaxy. And spell the ba- Babelfish? B-A-B-E-L. Is that See, there's the, a selection. Is that the same thing like the Tower of Babel? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. So that's where they got okay. the name. Okay. Because this book, because the Hitchhiker's oh, Guide God. to the Galaxy, which uh-huh. is based on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right, was written after the Bible. 
yes, <laughs> pretty much everything. So, but most so, you know what? So, so was Intensity by Dean Koontz. So, what a what a coinky right. dink. And uh-huh. so Charles M. Douglas Schultz, Adams, all, his, all yeah. his books were written after the Bible, also. So I really Douglas Adams, in all seriousness, is my favorite author of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't like to read; you're not a reading fan. I, I'm and, not, and I would not recommend watching the movie. This is one you should read the book. Okay, it is just a fun. It's candy for your brain. It's okay, just, it's fun to read. Okay, the guy had an amazing sense of humor. Mm-hmm. It's like written Monty Python, and it, it's the only book I've ever read that had me laughing out loud almost in tears a few times um usually books don't do that to me unless i'm already under the influence of something ah, else. yes i um, see i love david sedaris so, books and i laugh till my sides hurt at his stories so, so. douglas adams was a huge sci-fi fan he mm-hmm. influenced a lot of science fiction that you you know and he's, he's involved in a lot of series that you're you're not you may not be aware of right um, and he died too young. He died in his 50s. But he got the idea for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. He was walking home drunk, <laughs> fell in a field, uh-huh. and laid there and came up with the idea for the, the oh. book and went home and wrote it. That's and a great way to get an idea. Yeah. Is. I think I might do that I've on the way I've tried home. that many times. <laughs> never came up with a best-selling book. So happy towel day. Happy towel day to you, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back. <sighs> <laughs> Mentioned that today is May 25th. Yesterday, Mike's son... Was May 24th. That's absolutely. Mike's son and my son both went on a trip to uh, Washington, D.C. By the time this podcast airs, they will be home. Yeah. <laughs> but In theory, unless yes, they started yeah. another insurrection, then that, they'll be... That's true. You know. That is true. So... Something I saw that I thought was definitely worth mentioning. There was a guy in line dropping off his kid at a... At a, a a a trip full of eighth no a trip full of yeah ninth grade students uh-huh. okay what does he have on his t shirt Eric <laughs> Church <laughs> wait he actually has the shirt, Eric Church the you're not you're Eric not. Church it's spelled out on his shirt who is Eric Church well Eric Church is a singer oh. he, I think he plays the guitar. Okay, I'm not familiar with his music. I've seen his name, and uh, I know that he is a musician. Uh, but you've I never heard of Eric Church? Well, I've heard of Eric Church, but okay. I I can't tell you one song by him. It reminded me years and years ago. I went to see George Carlin in concert. Oh, and you could buy a T-shirt that says Simon says go <laughs> yourself. <laughs> and I almost bought it, and then yeah. I thought when. Am I gonna wear that? Yeah. Where am I gonna wear that? When when Bess yeah. and I Bess and I saw him in uh, at OU, uh-huh. and one of the T-shirts was the seven words you can't say on television, and uh-huh. I had the same thought. Well, two things. One is I'm never gonna be able to wear that. Right. And two, I'm in college. I have no money. Right. <laughs> I can barely afford the ticket to get in here. Right. So. There is a band that I used to follow in the '90s called Big Ass Truck. Yeah. Okay, they're out of Memphis. Uh huh. There was like a guy. It's like a jazz drummer. Yeah. They had a wiki wiki a DJ. They toured with the Squirrel Nut Zippers. They may have, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they were great. And I had a big-ass truck t-shirt, but I couldn't wear that in select places. But okay. you can wear a big-ass truck shirt yeah. before you can wear a Eric <laughs> Church shirt. I've got a Slayer shirt uh-huh. that I can't wear anywhere <laughs> for two reasons. Uh-huh. One, it's a Slayer shirt. Slayer! And I don't know if you know this. Uh, maybe I'll explain this to you and the audience. Slayer is not subtle. No, okay? they're not. They're not there's a lot of imagery on it mm-hmm. and some symbology. Yeah, symbology. That's <laughs> you George that's, W. Bush. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yes. 
So I didn't wear the Slayer shirt to your church thing last right. time. I think that no, was you a wore good a idea. tool shirt. A tool shirt. But the other problem with the Slayer shirt is that it's a large, uh-huh. and I haven't been able to wear a large in many a decade at yeah. this point. Yeah. So the <laughs> the theory was I'll buy this and it'll inspire me to lose weight to be able to wear it. The same. Same logic I use for the Billy, Billy Idol shirt. Yeah, the Billy Idol shirt that you can't wear. I can't wear. Yeah. And the other reason is because that, I thought, was the coolest Billy Idol design. Yeah. Same thing with the Slayer one. I mean, they had some they had some Slayer shirts that was just like a demon uh-huh. you know, with a little bit of fire. This had a skull with Slayer cut into it with razors and blood coming out and fire. And then the back had an upside down pentagram with oh, a snake. Right. How are you going to pass that thing up? Right. No, you can't. You did either went to go see Slayer or you didn't. Right. You know? <laughs> like you're going to tell me about Saul Slayer. No, you didn't. Show me the shirt and prove it, by God. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're a liar. This is not the Slayer shirt you buy at Hot Topic to no. impress all your teeny bopper friends. This <laughs> is the Slayer topic. that you you crawled over bodies in the pit to get to. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slayer! Slayer! This portion of our show is brought to you by Otis Elevators. Hi, I'm Dave Lay. Last week, I had a very important meeting with some highbrow big shots, and I was almost late. Why? Well, the building where they had the meeting didn't have an Otis Elevator, so I took the stairs. I'm not a young man, but I tell you what, I can still climb 13 flights of stairs if I have to. Anyway, I made it in time because I always leave an hour early, just in case something like this happens. I'm brand loyal. And I only ride Otis Elevators. There's nothing like the feel, the smell, and the comfort of an Otis Elevator. If the building you're in doesn't have an Otis, you need to take the stairs. Now, back to the show. So, my son Cameron had a birthday party. And it was a sleepover. He had four friends come and they spent the night. Yeah. It was uh, your son, Andrew. Andrew. uh, Jordan and Anthony came over and they all spent the night. And we were going to go to Kings Island, the amusement park yeah. up here in uh, Mason, Ohio, yeah. right neighbor to where we live. Uh, but it rained cats and dogs. Yeah. N- not literally. There, no animals were harmed in the telling of this story. Can I add to this story just a, t- a tinge? Yeah, yeah. I heard that upon dropping Andrew off, mm-hmm. uh, Bess said, seems like a nice party. And then stared Cameron dead in the face and said, I hope it doesn't f-ing storm on your birthday party and uh-huh. ruin your King's Island trip. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then she just kind of cackled, <laughs> got in the van, and tore down the road. Yeah, she she actually peeled out in our driveway. <laughs> and she's going to have to power wash that. Through gravel yeah, all exactly. over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it rained like crazy. Yeah. And we were unable to go to King's Island. And so we're looking around trying to find a place to go. We went to a place called... Urban air. Okay. It's an indoor, uh, it's kind of like it's a not tra- like rural air. No, rural no, air is rural, a whole different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's got a tractor, uh, some sheep, <laughs> <laughs> and a much lengthier a mud um, slide. Yeah. What do you call yeah. that? Uh, release form. <laughs> yes, Legal. A waiver. A waiver. <laughs> much lengthier waiver form. So anyway, it's an indoor trampoline park, uh-huh. and there's um, there are obstacle courses, <laughs> obstacle courses to go through, and there's yeah. a foam ball pit yeah. with a, a thing across. The bowling ball pit wasn't a big hit. No, the foam not ball at pit, all. Really, not yeah. at all. Uh, but the foam pit 
and there's the thing that goes over top of it, and two people can, with giant padded cushions, can uh-huh. fight each other okay. and knock someone into the foam pit. Yeah. And the kids, you could not get them out of that. They yeah. were having the time of their life fighting each other over the foam pit. Yeah. Okay. So they're doing that. And then they went, they did one of the obstacle courses. Then they went back to the foam pit and then they went through basketball and then they played dodgeball for a little bit. Foam pit, did something else, came back to the foam pit. Mm-hmm. We kept moving all around the place. Yeah. <clears throat> Eventually we come back to the foam pit and I look and there is a man. How do I discreetly describe this man? <laughs> he is uh, a little bit shorter than I am. Okay. And he might be twice my weight. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I would describe him as oblong. Yes. Was he an oblong man? He was. He was opaque. No way, man. <laughs> opaque is not the word. Was he? Was he penultimate? He was penultimate. <laughs> Obtuse. He was. <laughs> he is face down. Oh no! Spread eagle. Oh. in the foam pit. Oh, get a net. He roll, cannot roll. move. He absolutely cannot move. He can barely move a leg. I'm he can Im- barely move an arm. I'm imagining him wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Was he wearing a Hawaiian <laughs> no, shirt? No, he okay. was wearing a t-shirt. Okay. And I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend, but all she had to offer was, come on, get out of there. <laughs> come on, you can do it. Get up. Get, get up. Get your get, ass up out of there. Hey. You know, they ain't got all day. And so I'm walking and I'm trying not to laugh. I'm like... Do you need help? Yeah. And he's face down in the foam pit. Wait. Yes, I do. <laughs> he can't he can't raise okay. his head up. He's face down, <laughs> flat, oh spread eagle. So you're a foam pit first responder at this point. Yes. I reached over and I grabbed his hand. Oh, oh. my god, pulling him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got him. You gotta grab the wrist. Did you yes. grab his wrist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I grabbed his wrist. I pulled him out. Enough to where he could finally get some leverage. Don't let him get some leverage over. They'll pull you in and they'll yeah. climb on top of <laughs> you. And you're done. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'm stuck in there. Yeah. I finally got him out. And you could tell that he was uh, embarrassed. But he shook my hand. He goes, mm-hmm. oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. How did he end up <laughs> in there? I don't know. <laughs> you just happened upon him floating in the ball pit? No, he wasn't floating. He was <laughs> plop. <laughs> so he and he's just covered in sweat. Oh no! And he walks off. He's been there for hours. <laughs> I don't know how long he's been in there. <laughs> I'm glad I got there before he suffocated because he couldn't get his face out of the phone. <clears throat> and uh, he walks off, and I'm talking to Libby, and we're like, "What are we going to do after the party?" And this and yeah. that, something else. He comes back okay. and <laughs> shakes my hand again. Says, "I'm serious, man. I really want to thank you for getting me out of there." <laughs> After the party, we went home to have some cake. Something happened uh-huh. at this party that has never happened before. Okay. And I'm willing to say this has never happened at any birthday party. Okay. okay. Now, you know that sometimes birthday parties at my place can get a little crazy. Maybe when we, have, little... we have the outdoor showers where we yeah. hose the kids down yeah. uh, if they're covered in grass stuff. and yeah. bug spray and sunblock and, yeah. and sweat and all that stuff. This particular time, we're all sitting at the table. Well, the kids are all sitting at the table uh-huh. eating cake and potato chips and something else. Somebody brings up the B movie. Starring Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. 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 And the kids start quoting the movie. 
okay, as kids do. Because I don't yeah. know about you, but I thought the movie was pretty funny. I've I seen it several remember. times. I don't remember. I've I have, seen I it several seen times, it. Yeah. and I do enjoy it. And okay. I can watch it on multiple viewings. But this is what happened. They didn't discuss this. One of the kids <laughs> got on her phone uh-huh. and went to scripts.com and pulled up the B-movie script. Another kid got onto the same website. They started doing a table reading okay. of the B-movie. Yeah. We're talking from scene one. Okay, All the kids were doing this? No, two kids were going, were doing a table reading. Of the B movie, yeah, and she was doing. She was like Barry B Benson, and the other kid was like all the other characters. And I don't know how they decided who. You know, it's like when Barry B Benson wasn't in the scene, uh-huh. but Mike. They did this for almost forty minutes. <laughs> oh no! Libby and I are looking at each other like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah. I looked at your son Andrew, and I said, "Was he in? Was he involved in?" No, it? he was sitting in the middle, and he's looking at me like, "What happened?" <laughs> Hey, what happened? <laughs> Cameron is like, are you guys going to do this all night? Uh-huh. And they just kept going. They uh-huh. just kept going uh-huh. and going and going. And finally, I'm like, there's no protocol for this. What do you do when a spontaneous table reading erupts and kids won't you, you stop? You got to go with it. You got to go with it. And I, mean... I, I finally just said, because <clears throat> two of the kids left the table and started playing video games. <laughs> Another kid just sat there like he wanted to die. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at the two doing the table reading and said, you realize you two are the only ones having fun doing this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to approach it. <laughs> They finally stopped, but I've never had a spontaneous table reading happen at a party. Wow. Or any time. Wow. (laughs) Irritable Dead Syndrome is proud to be associated with Newsly, the all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. For the first time ever, the entire internet becomes listenable all in one place. Check it out. Newsly actually picks up articles about the most trending topics on the web and reads them to you in a natural human voice much like my own. I'm Dave Lay, and I'm in fact an actual human. And guess what? Our podcast, Irritable Dad Syndrome, is available there too. Listen to us every week on Newsly and afterwards. If you feel like grooving to another podcast, then knock yourself out. You can find trending podcasts from over 80 countries and digital radio as well. So stop scrolling and start listening. Download Newsly now. Just go to www.newsly.me and use this promo code. The number one, RR, another number one, then the letters T-A-B-L-E-D-A-D and receive a free one-month premium subscription. So you went to see Legendary. Legendary. Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. Dude, they were huge. Yes. I mean, absolutely ginormous when they came out. I remember because Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember what year it was in the 80s. Uh It's like 83, wasn't it? I don't know. 83 or 84, something like that. They their first hit was Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Okay. And it went number one. I remember Shout. And then Shout came out. And oh my God, it's like hold my beer. Yeah. And it went number one for, I don't know, five. Six weeks or something like so that. So Bess and I, Everybody Wants to Rule the World is one of my top five songs of all time. It's a great song. It's a song. There's a few songs like this, but mm-hmm. it's one that I could listen to it over and over, like on repeat. It's yeah. a song just put on repeat. And then and Weezer did a cover of it. 
Really? Weezer did a really good cover okay. of it. And Jimmy Kimmel had Weezer and the dudes from Tears for Fears on oh, performing wow. it. Yeah, R- it Roland Orzabal and the other and, guy. And Kurt uh, uh, Hamrick. Yeah, the other guy. Kurt, Kirk some, Hammett. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk yeah. Hammett and, yeah. and Roland Orzabal <laughs> and Dave Mustaine Why do we, yeah. of Tears for Fears. Exactly. <laughs> Why do we remember Roland Orzabal, but we can't forget... I'll tell guy. you. I'll tell you when okay. I get into the concert. I'll tell you okay. why my thoughts okay. on that. Okay, yeah. one of my earliest memories of music before I ever got into music, mm-hmm. like really got into it. I had some friends, the Smiths. Oh, uh, how are they? They're wonderful. Okay, uh, Christina and her brother Tru- Chuck. Truck. Chuck. Christina and <laughs> but her brother Chuck. Close friends called him Truck. That's a, because he so, drove a truck. Okay, Christina and her brother Truck. <laughs> truck. God. <laughs> Christine and her brother Chuck lived down across a field from my mom. So I would go, you know, okay. hang out with them and play with them or whatever. He had the biggest boombox I'd ever seen in my life. How it was big those was silver it? ones. It was about that tall. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. Right. It was like it was like that. This is great for an audio had podcast. T- 20 I'm going to say two feet tall. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We had it, it literally had about had, 18 D sized batteries had in it. Two, yeah. And we would unplug it just because it's so cool that it's running on batteries and you could carry it around. Oh, yeah. Nothing cooler so, than something that runs on batteries. <laughs> so he had the Tears for Fears, and we were gathered around that boombox, and he played Shout. Uh-huh. And that was like the most amazing thing. And I remember thinking, man, this is good until they started singing. Uh-huh. I just, I mean, as a little kid, you know, I thought the beats and stuff were cool, uh-huh. but you know, whatever. Right. So, go through the Tears for Fears years. Mm-hmm. I got, I really loved Elemental, their album in '93. I can't tell you one album. Okay. Well, right. here's the deal: is they split up. Yeah. I and re- Roland yeah. kept the Tears for Fears name and just kept trucking. I didn't that know was that. A, yeah, that was a solo, basically his solo album, and did a couple of those, and then they got back together. Okay. Um. So. I'm just excited to go see him. All right, sir. Was sowing the seeds of love, tears for fears, or was it a Roland Orzabelle? It was tears for fears, but it was the one right before they split. Okay. And what I read okay. on Wikipedia, and everything on Wikipedia is true, mm-hmm. uh, said that that was mostly Roland and the keyboard player working together. It was pretty much a solo, but the other guy was there too. Okay. Okay, so, I like so, that song. Okay, and but they did play some of those songs, and they played one song from Elemental, which I danced to and got ex- super stupid excited about. Okay, and Best has video of that. Anyway, so <laughs> we go see. We're excited, and another reason we're excited is because the kids are finally old enough to watch themselves. Yeah. If, if we go see a concert in Cincinnati, yeah, and you're out of the house. Yeah, and so it's, it became like a date night for us. It's been a long time since we've been able to just go to a concert by ourselves. Yeah, and we were so excited. Yeah, it's been like two weeks. Yeah, so we. <laughs> Go there. <laughs> we get our we get our seat. Now it's at Riverbend, and I can't stand going to see concerts at Riverbend. I hear you because you're like I just can't. Yeah. But I got decent seats, like mm-hmm. in the front row of the back section, so we're back far enough. But okay. we're still we can spread our legs out, right? And we sit down. So I, I, we, you know, a big thing for me is what shirt are you going to wear to the show that you're going to go see? Right. You can't wear the band you're going to see. You don't want to be that person. Let me guess. You went to see Tool, or you took your Tool shirt. No. Okay. No, I didn't want to be that guy either. I wore a U2 shirt. Okay. Fair enough. An Octone Baby shirt. Yeah. It it says U2 Octone Baby on the back. That goes with the story. We sit down. uh, The dude, this dude off to our right and Mm -hmm. behind us goes, U2. Yeah, so you can read. It's like a well, it's like a turkey call for me. You know, someone says you too or Bono or something, and I'm near there. I just whoop, what, 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 
I turn around and he's excited that I'm wearing a U2. He's a big U2 fan. Right. Uh, he said, yeah. I said, yeah. And we talk about going to different shows and he yeah. saw the Joshua Tree tour. And okay. I saw, I was like, oh, I saw Joshua Tree tour. Had to throw in that I met Bono. Love to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Any chance and then you get. He said, I can't wait till they do an Octane Baby tour. I hope they do an Octane Baby tour. And I said, yeah, it's their best album. And he said, uh. <laughs> and then you were done. I was like, whoa. <laughs> We, we, we just a minute, but <laughs> you, you, you I, can go. Said, he said, he yeah. said, you know, Joshua Tree. <laughs> he said Joshua Tree is the best album. And I was like, ah, okay, all right. Yeah. I can see. Now I'm trying to be polite at this point because Bess is there. Remember, Bess is with that you me. Can't leave behind. Okay. Yeah. Bess is with me, so I'm trying to be polite. You don't want to. You don't want to. I don't want to create Bess. an issue yeah, here. Exactly. All right. So I said, okay, I can see how. A lot of people look at Joshua Tree as the best, but really, Octane Baby's the, the best album. It was their most successful. And then I did the, my nicest, we're done talking about the smile, <laughs> and go to put it around. He's like, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't have where the streets have no name. And I'm like, God, <laughs> under my breath. I turned back around, and I said, Octane Baby is, I mean, it's it's a time and place. I think people love the album that they love because of how old they were and what they were doing and what was happening in their life uh-huh. when they when they heard it. Uh-huh. And he said, yeah, but objectively, uh, Joshua Tree is the best album. Uh-huh. I was like, it's not the best album. <laughs> There's a movie. Uh-huh. I said, you've seen the movie From the Sky Down where they it's the documentary about you too. And he's like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's like, you saw how they were miserable when they were touring for Rattle and Hum, and Rattle and Hum, people got sick of you two. You and I, when we when we talked to each other in the gas station, you, mm-hmm. Darren, and I, yes. you made the comment, people got sick of them or quit listening to them in 89. And I'd say, sure. Yeah, you're like, because, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's actually right. <laughs> they almost broke up. Edge got a divorce. Um, the, the band split. Uh, Adam got thrown off to the side. Larry was having issues. It's all in the movie. You and I need to watch this one of okay. these times. Okay. And wait, the wait, only... wait. You'll actually watch it with me? I'll watch it with you. Okay. And during the recording, they thought they were done. Like, this mm-hmm. is, we made it to Joshua Tree and we're over. And they deconstructed down to the bottom. And then they realized that with Joshua Tree, they were being too serious. They were being the party poopers. Yeah. They just need to let their... their. Uh, and he said, well, hold on. I said, don't stop interrupting me. <laughs> you said that. Yeah. And so Bess, Bess went to go get a drink at that point. He was by himself. How, I said, don't... How- don't How dare he! Don't fucking interrupt me! I said they were they were somewhat <laughs> miserable when they were touring for Joshua Tree. They figured out, hey, you know what? We have a sense of humor. You know, we're 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 a, a humorous band. We uh-huh. need to enjoy ourselves. Uh-huh. And they went way over the top with Octum Baby. You've seen you know Zoo TV, and I told him like you remember the Zoo TV, yeah. and he's just kind of nodding at this point. I think he kind of disengaged from the conversation. Well, he wished that he hadn't but I'm going in for the kill. I'm like start. Zoo TV uh-huh. took the planet by storm. Yeah, Everyone. Well, yeah. You go into anyone's room right now yeah. in their disc collection, if they still have them, you'll find more Octone Babies than you find Joshua Tree. And he's like, I don't know about that. I was like, I know about that. <laughs> I was in college in the <laughs> 90s, and I'm <laughs> telling you, you'll see more Octone Babies than Joshua Tree. You're going to tell me that when they're depressed, walking around the desert, trying to figure out how they're going to shake this image of themselves, being party uh-huh, poopers, uh-huh. how they're going to get away from that, they go, they reinvent <laughs> themselves with one... And they come back and they're bigger than they ever were before. I was like, my co-host in my podcast, you have a podcast? Shut the f*** up. 
My co-host in my podcast loves all that you can't leave behind. That would not exist without Octum Baby. Get the fuck out of here with your Joshua Tree bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And he just stared at me. I was like, I'm going to go get a beer. None of that happened. No. He, <laughs> he said, he said, uh, what really happened? What really happened was uh-huh. uh, he, he said, oh, Joshua Tree is their best album. And I said, hmm. Huh. And in my head, <laughs> that, that's that exactly fight happened. But I turned around. Because I'm married, uh-huh. and Bess was right there, and I'm no longer in my 20s. Now, if I were in my 20s, all that stuff I talked about would have happened. So, You know what? I saw... I, <laughs> no, hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not even going to criticize you, <laughs> because when we went to see Billy Idol, uh-huh. and the guys who sat next to us yeah. and were vaping, <laughs> and when... And when they told me that they really hoped Billy Idol played something off of Cyberpunk, which is his best album, <laughs> the same, oh, the same thing the same went thing. through my whole entire brain. I'm like, did did you not seriously? Yeah. Were you not alive when Rebel Yell came out, <laughs> or the 20 years after Rebel Yell came out? Really, <laughs> Cyberpunk is his best album. Seriously, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to I'm, just look at the guy, so, knock the vape right out of his mouth, and go, are you kidding me? So I, Did your yeah, mom yeah. tell you to say that when <laughs> she dropped mom. you off at the concert tonight, <laughs> punk? <laughs> so, uh, by the way, uh, we saw Tears for Fears. <clears throat> uh, garbage opened. So, yeah, garbage I, opened I for saw, them. You got to see this is actually again. the third time I've seen Garbage. Uh-huh. I lost my mind during Stupid Girl. They keep doing that better and better each time. It's, it's a great song. Time. It's a great song. Yeah. Tears for Fears. The concert itself was amazing. Yeah. So I was concerned. <laughs> We're talking about Tears for Fears. Yeah, folks. Tears for Fears. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. I was really concerned because I really only thought I only knew about four or five Tears for Fears songs. Everyone wants to rule the world. Right. Everybody wants to rule Everybody the world. Everybody wants to rule the world. Shout. Shout. Um, that... That uh, head, head over, over heels. heels. Uh, I knew two things from Elemental. Uh-huh. Uh, break it down again in Elemental. Don't forget sowing the. I didn't seeds know about that one. Love. I didn't know about that until Are they you played kidding? it. It was one of the. You've been at a concert and you're like, oh, they do this song. Yeah, that was that moment oh, for okay, me. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, but all the other stuff we tried to listen to the new album on the way down, and it's gets good and it's great live. Bess isn't really impressed with it, but. The whole time I'm watching, right. I was like, that was a really good song. I had yeah. no idea what it was, but it was really good. I know. And then the next song, went, it was the same thing. Roland looks like an absolute rock star. He's yes. got he's the one with the long gray hair yes. and the beard. He had like a leather, like half coat, half shirt thing. Mm-hmm. He had the boots. He had all the gear. Yep. He had the bracelets. The other guy had a watch. <laughs> Kurt. Kurt. Kurt Hammond. Kurt, Kurt Kidlins. <laughs> Came out there with like a polo shirt, uh-huh. dad jeans, and a, and a watch. And a watch. <laughs> and he looked. He looked. A couple of times they were both on the screen, and I would lean over the best. I was like, it. It looks like they let somebody's dad go up there and sing with Roland. <laughs> like they're still broken up, and somebody's dad just. No. He got so excited. His wardrobe was on a separate truck that didn't make it. Okay, so here's <laughs> yeah. Here's a, something that really the only the video people are going to see is he did. They did Mad World. I didn't know that the other guy sang a lot of stuff. Yeah, they both. I sing. really didn't know what he did. Yeah. I thought he just sat back there and played the maracas or something. But he sings. They things. both. One plays bass. The other one plays guitar. Yeah, the Kurt dad dad oh, plays oh, oh. bass and yep. Roland plays a guitar. Yeah. Um, cool so, bass line and shout, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So he did. Kurt dad did the singing for Mad World, and people uh-huh. went nuts over Mad World. 
because they just do. It's a it's a thing. Uh huh. And you know, it gets it the part of the song it goes, it's a very, very mad world. You know what I'm talking about? It's a very, very mad world. Yeah. Okay. When he did that, he would shake his hand like very, very like he's angry. Like he's and it just it was yeah, it was <laughs> didn't work. That's when I started thinking it's somebody's dad up there. <laughs> And there was another moment during the show, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I love this concert, by the way. It's one of my top concerts, but I'm just okay. pointing out okay. the fun things that happened. Uh, something happened with his bass guitar, and this was their first show on this tour. It's the first time they've toured in five or six years. Yeah. They said they quit touring in 2017. Right. So they're back. And the song started, and suddenly we see the guitar tech push him <laughs> both hands, like uh-huh. a both hands, schoolyard, you want to f*** with me type push. <laughs> And pointed to the crowd. Uh-huh. The dude turned around. Kurt Dadlins like turned you around. Got a show out there, Sonny. Ran up there and got to the microphone, almost out of breath, fumbling to get his bass. And right when he was supposed to sing, uh-huh. and Roland did a one of these things, trying to cover it up, like everybody <laughs> like clapping, <laughs> gonna say all clapping along with uh-huh. it while they got their crap figured out. And it was it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> sure. Wonderful show. They did Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I thought they would close with that because that's my favorite song. It was like their third song. Yeah, I thought that they would have opened with that Hmm. because that seems like a good opener. Yeah. Have you heard the new album? I have not. The new album? I've heard some of the song Tipping Point because I watched the interview that they did on CBS Sunday Morning. So you'll find this interesting. You'll find this interesting. (laughs) Uh Um, When we played the first album or the first song of the, the new album, Beth said, this sounds like Johnny Cash. Oh, oh. Get your sweets from the candy man Get your truth from the shelf Don't buy into the fairy tale Just be good to yourself well, acoustic acoustic guitar. Okay. Bare bones. And, yeah. you know, Roland comes out and, yeah. and then the 80s stuff kind of creeps in as they go. Yeah. Uh, they ended with Shout. The final song of yeah. the night was Shout. Duh, yeah. And it was really cool because they had the drum beat for the last song. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you hear that, you know, and it went for like a minute like that where they were ending the previous song. I'm sure the lights were all doing that. And then, you know, they didn't start with Shout. They were doing like the chorus that leads into it. And all of a sudden, when they did shout the first time, the whole audience, the audience was really going crazy. Yeah. On L, uh, break it down again. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to rule the world. I, I think they sang it. I don't know. The crowd was so loud singing it to them. Yeah. That it was really cool. Yeah. I love when that happens. So <clears throat> my, my dad uh, had remarried. Okay. And when he remarried, the woman he married the second time around had three kids. And then they divorced. So for a while, I had uh, a stepbrother and two stepkids. Uh-huh. <laughs> and two stepsisters. Two, okay. For a while. Let's say, if you had two stepkids, that's a whole different story. Well, we lived in Virginia, and a lot of that happened, so that's a Freudian slip. Yeah. Anyway, there was one Christmas, and the my stepbrother, Jeff, he and I bought each other a gift for Christmas. So here we are. We're all opening our presents. Uh-huh. I hand him a tube. He hands me a tube. <laughs> We're this? like, this is weird. Yeah. I opened it up. It was a Tears for Fears poster. Oh, wow. I still have my Tears for Fears yeah. poster. Yeah. He opens his up at uh, the same Tears for Fears poster. 
Was it this one with their two no. faces? No, no, no okay. they were sitting uh, uh, opposite sides of the. It was a vertical poster, not a tall, uh-huh. yeah, not yeah. a tall one. It was a horizontal poster, okay. not a tall vertical one. Yeah, they're sitting on opposite sides, and then they're looking at the camera. So okay, that, that's my. Uh, that's I know my what, another story. one you're talking yeah. about. Uh, one of them had a yellow shirt. Okay. <laughs> This portion of our show is brought to you by the Pontiac Vibe, new for 03. It has more power than Focus or Neon. And now, it's performance season at your local Pontiac dealer. Have you got the vibe? Pontiac excitement, most abundant. Now, back to the show. I I don't remember how long ago it was, but I mentioned that I went into Kroger and I was walking through the produce department. I saw a sign on the floor that said, feeling adventurous. With a question mark. Yeah. And I thought, well, hell yeah, I'm feeling adventurous. What am I supposed to do? And nobody was around to tell me. Uh-huh. And so I went into Kroger again and saw the sign the second time. And I just stood there. And I actually waited for an employee. Yeah. And I said, uh, excuse me, sir, I'm feeling adventurous. What should I do? He had no clue. Okay. No <laughs> clue at all. Uh, he says, well, I mean, I guess you, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. So- a month or so later, I'm in the Kroger again, and I notice that there is a sign on the floor before the Feeling Adventurous, and that sign said, follow me to the wild side. Oh, Okay, yeah. I told you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. follow me to the wild side, and then Feeling Adventurous. And it made me wonder, are there other signs that I haven't seen? So, I had time to kill. Yeah. I'm at Kroger. Yeah. So, I, I followed the first sign. So, the first sign says, follow me to the wild side. And the second sign said, feeling adventurous. I kept walking. So I go through like where the cheese is. Okay. The big, not like the sliced cheese, not like the craft that the, what poor people eat. To hell with that. The, the cheese. The, the cheese lady. The, yes. in the, yeah. Yeah. The, the charcuterie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the chick who weighs it and cuts special. The area like, where you walk by and you're like, I smell feet. Exactly. Oh, no. This is the cheese section. <laughs> Can I get a whole wheel of cheese? Yes. Uh, anyway, so I see a third sign that says, come along. Just a few steps further. And oh, I is, oh, I'm intrigued. Is, yeah. Okay. So this I went turn it into an episode of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I move a few steps further. Now I'm almost at the crowbar. Okay. Yeah. The the is famous, that where the adventure the famous, is? No. Okay. No. But near the crowbar, uh to the left a little bit, can you feel the excitement? Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. What could it possibly be? Yeah. I move a little bit further. The fifth sign says Almost there. Oh, my God. Exclamation point. I'm like, you guys are killing me. Yeah. You're teasing me. What's Stop the... teasing me. Yeah. Just just bring out the strippers. Yeah. Where are the fireworks? <laughs> yeah. Okay, where's the polka band? Yeah. Where is the all the excitement? What's going on? Finally, the last sign says, go wild. <laughs> and I am right whoa, next whoa. to a display of frozen fish. <laughs> Frozen fish, oh, and no. by going wild, no. they have uh, they have uh, Aqua Star mahi mahi portions for eight ninety nine a pound. That sounds like a random random words you just put together. Pacific cod portions nine ninety nine. Okay, then they have uh, Eastern Fisheries Sea scallops twelve ninety nine. Okay. Oh man, yeah. The, can you smell the party? Yeah, come on. Great American seafood jumbo breaded butterfly shrimp six ninety nine. Oh my uh, god! Uh, yeah, and I'm standing there like, what do you mean go wild? 
Yeah. When someone says go wild, you start like start chugging beer. You take your clothes off. You yeah. set shit on fire. Yeah. You fight fire with fire. You don't wait eat, a minute. You don't eat cod. No, you don't butterfly but- shrimp. Frozen shrimp. Yeah. Go wild. By the way, when somebody offers me jumbo shrimp, I say fuck you, and I'll tell you why. And why, it's not Mike? some stupid thing of where it's shrimp. It's supposed to be small. Shrimp are basically sea grubs. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I don't like pulling the tail off of yeah. them. Yeah. So I went through a period, a long period for years, where I could not look at a shrimp, much uh-huh. less eat one, because yeah. I just like those are just sea bugs. Uh-huh. I can't eat sea bugs. <laughs> You know, so the little ones, I've kind of convinced myself that Uh they're not. Yeah. But the big ones, the big old ones that look like they got hair on them and they like an eyeball looking at you. Uh I don't want that stuff. I don't need that stuff. And butterfly, I'm pissed off. But seriously, what part of any of that involves going wild? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it. Yeah. Maybe if there was tuna there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know. Call the cops. (laughs) Get me some of that damn tuna. But go wild? I mean, Jimmy Buffett's not there. There's not, no one's no. in a Hawaiian shirt. No. no one's handing out lays. No. There's, uh, it, it's, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we said that if anybody out there needs some advice, we would be glad to start answering your questions and offering up advice yeah. to the best of our knowledge. Yeah. The best I, we can. So. I, I was thinking to myself, because we, we talked about this, but before we talked about it, I thought to myself, self, mm-hmm. self, what can we do that gives back to the community? Oh, yes. All we do is try to make fun of stuff and make stuff funny. Mm-hmm. We've been trying that for 92 and a half episodes now. <laughs> right. And we said, we got to get into a new line of work. Yes. Maybe mm-hmm. we're old. Yeah. Old. Yeah. Oldish. I'm old. We've got life experiences. We've got things that we can help give knowledge, impart knowledge yeah. to other people. Yes. Let's start helping people. Yes. And we made one rule. Yeah. One rule. No matter what's asked, mm-hmm. we're going to give advice on it. Yes. Doesn't matter. <laughs> We will advise. It's like that scene from Young Frankenstein. No matter what I do, no matter what I say, do not open that door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter so, what the question is, we're answering it. So, so we, we had one question. of our loyal listeners, yeah. Robert Hill, Robert sent Hill. a question, mm-hmm. and I don't have it in front of me. Do you have it? The question was, Dear Irritable Dad Syndrome. Yeah, and that's us. Yes, that's us. It was us. directed yes. right to us. Is it best to have a high-paying job that you hate... Mm-hmm. Or a low-paying job that you love. Now that is a great question. It is a great question. Yeah, and my answer may surprise I don't know. You. Thank you for your question. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it depends. It does depend how much how much bread we talking here. Well, it also depends on where you are in your in your life. Yeah. If you're in your twenties uh-huh. or early thirties, then you know you have a high-paying job and your boss is a. D- you know what? Yeah. Keep. Working for the guy who's an asshole. Yeah. Keep doing it. Hate it. Build up enough money. Yeah. Work at that job. Okay? Uh, my, my advice for people always is, is if you hate your job, you stay at that job until you find another job. Yeah. And then you put in your two-week notice. And before you leave, you don't burn any bridges. Yeah. You never burn bridges. Okay? Because, I mean, honest to God, and now this wasn't a bridge that I would burn, mm-hmm. but I worked for a guy like 17 years ago. And then... Out of nowhere, he calls me up and offers me a, a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
holy crap, you never know when your paths are going to oh, cross again. you never again. know. You never yeah. know. So, so you, but yeah, work at the job that you hate, that mm-hmm. you despise, until you've either got enough bank, enough coin saved, mm-hmm. and then you move on. Now, if you are, let's say you're my age, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's like, then if you've got enough saved, if you're stable enough, mm-hmm. if you want to take a less paying job that you love, absolutely, if you don't need the stress. Yeah. Then the new because I have a friend who was a, a former salesperson, and she left uh, a place where I used to work with her, and she took a job that, according to her, paid way less money, but it was way less stress, way less travel. Yeah, and she's never been happier. Yeah. So, in my experience, what I've dealt with is um, I've been on both both sides of that equation. So yeah, I, I have had, too. I had a philosophy for a long period of time. I looked at it as you're going to work for a certain period of time. You're working the job you need to work to supply the type of life that you want to live. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it that way for a long time. Like, I need this amount of money Mm -hmm. to do these things. Right. And I can do that for eight to nine hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then I enjoy the rest of my time. Yeah. What I learned over time was that that time that you spend at work can really affect you and your how you are outside of work. Absolutely. And I didn't you don't realize it until you make a change. Because people say, you know, don't take your work home with you. And you that's do. easier said than done. Yeah. So yeah. So in yeah, and in a lot of jobs, you know, with cell phones and everything else, the work follows you. And especially now after COVID, mm-hmm. people can work from home, which to me is just I can't I know you do. Yeah. And but we talked about very lucky. You're very lucky. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really work for someone like me. No, it doesn't. Because I can't turn it off. Mm -hmm. So I had a period where I had to work from home for a couple of weeks and it was very difficult for me because things were always on. But you know what I did? A a friend of mine gave me advice. He works from home and he has an office in his house. When he's done with work, he leaves the office, closes the door, Uh and he doesn't go back into the office. And then the rest of the house, it feels like he's home. And so when I took the job that I have now, I moved my office downstairs so that when I'm off, I go upstairs and Uh start dinner or or whatever else. It makes me feel like I'm away from work. Yeah. It's so you can subtle, but... Right. You can have a job that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of money and then be miserable uh, in your time off and just, you know, you don't care really Mm -hmm. that much. Yeah. Um, And you can have a job that you love that doesn't make much money. I've had Mm -hmm. a few of those. Yeah. And then you just always want more money and you always, you always can't do these things. So it's not an easy question to answer. Right. It's just what can you tolerate and what area, what point are you at in life? If you're getting by... I mean, it's like if you can't if afford. If you're happy, yeah. I mean, you if you're happy, but you can't afford to eat, <laughs> then, then that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. But if yeah. you're happy and you know your bills are paid, uh-huh. and you know you, you you can afford a vacation a year, but you're not like rolling in it or whatever. Yeah. Then you know do it. So so some things that have worked for me <clears throat> mm-hmm. being in in multiple situations where this has been a factor is if you're dreading going to work. Now, everybody has the Sunday night, ugh, I got to go in tomorrow. I got to do the thing. But a lot of that, what you're feeling is you're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do on Monday because you need to earn money. 
Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that you hate your job, but if you legitimately dread your job, like if you got like a feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, Oh my God, I can't stand to go. Or when, you know, talking to certain people at work, it's just like, Oh Lord, Mm -hmm. if you're like that a lot or most of the time, right. Then maybe it's not worth it because I don't care what people tell you. Not every job is like that. That's true. And I've had two very similar jobs with very similar rates of pay with very similar job descriptions. I've had wildly different experiences from those. So choose what works for you Mm -hmm. and your family, but make sure you keep your family close to that conversation. If you're by yourself, (laughs) on it, do whatever, you know, but maybe keep, have someone that you trust or someone that you're close to Mm -hmm. that can keep an eye on where you are. Yeah. Use them as a barometer. Yeah. Um, and you, they'll, they'll tell you, yeah. you know, you're, you're not yourself anymore. You're not you anymore. Yeah, and absolutely. take that, take that seriously. It's very hard to see in yourself. If it affects your mental health, mm-hmm. then yeah, that's where you make a change. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We turned into like a serious podcast there for a second. Thank you for uh, yes. listening. Thank you for your question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before we go, that. Yeah. we're going to do the sixth song in our installment of songs that need to be retired. And this is the first song that is from an artist that we've mentioned before. I know. Yeah. And people are going to think that I have a real problem with the police. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I have a real problem with the police. I do. I do. I dig Sting. I like Sting. I, I do love too. Sting. I think uh, Ten Sumner's Tales is one of the greatest uh-huh. albums of all time. When Libby and I had our first, uh, well, we went on our first date. The first time she came over to the apartment, I made her dinner. And I'm going through all my CDs that I had. I put in Sting Greatest Hits. Oh, my God. You talk about a song that really just just captures uh, the essence and sends a good vibe. Put on Sting Greatest Hits when you got a lady coming over for a spaghetti dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to cook. Tonight's song that needs to be retired. Uh-huh. De do do is the name. De do do do. I've seen it. De da 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 da. Get what that. A stupid go song. away. No God! No God, please no! 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 This to me. I mean, not only is it the do 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 the da da da. That's all I want to say to you. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got nothing to say to you. But this gibberish. It's like get away from me. Okay, so I want to go. I want to go through the lyrics. It okay. does have some pretty profound lyrics. I don't oh. know if you've ever gone. There's more to the lyrics than just those stupid words. Right. You'd think a song with profound lyrics would have a better title. So the first line, uh-huh. don't think me unkind. Okay. That, mm. whoa. Yeah. Starting to, they start out talking like Yoda. Start, you know, you'd, yeah. you'd like yes. mix the words mm. around here. I kind of think yes. And then the next line, <laughs> word, words are hard to find. That's the point where I want August, to come in. I August, want to come in yeah, and say, you, you have no idea. You think? Yeah. There, there are only checks I've left unsigned uh-huh. from the banks of chaos in my mind. Uh-huh. And when their eloquence escapes me, their logic ties me up and rapes me. Uh huh. Hello. Mm. Hmm. Zing. Flag this podcast already. <laughs> You're yeah. talking about chaos, eloquence. Mm-hmm. And then the next lines are de do 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 da 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 da. Is all I want to say to you. Right. I'm not going to say those words again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> their innocence will pull me through. Is all I want to say to you, they're meaningless and all that's true. Uh-huh. It's like it's like it's could be a really good song, but it's got an absolute stupid 
title. Yeah. So then they they it's went like back. He just gave up. He went back to the desk. He's uh-huh. like, I need to add another uh, one more. Mm-hmm. You know, set of lyrics to this. Poets, priests, and politicians, mm-hmm. students of Sting, right. will note that he talks about them in uh, "If I Ever Lose My Faith in You." So he's yes. got a real problem with that's politicians. A, that's a great song. And pre, yes, yeah. Oh. In very stark contrast to this song, mm-hmm. have words to thank for their positions, words that scream for your submission, and no one's jamming their transmission. He was just looking for something to rhyme. It rhymes with ish. Like he didn't want to say cold fission. Because when their eloquence escapes you, look, okay, if you're a rock star and you're writing lyrics. But eloquence. Don't use eloquence twice in one song. Come on. Now, I'm not. Rock rock star 101, people. I'm a Rush fan. Okay, so I am very, very well versed Mm -hmm. in having someone scream lyrics that sound like they were written by Tolkien or somebody. I get that. Yeah. If you ever read Rush lyrics, it's like this is not a song. Oh, but they don't. Neil Neil Peart wrote the lyrics. The man's the man's an author. Yes. I mean, first, and they just happen to write lyrics to music. Not so clearly charted. It's really just a question of your honesty. Yeah, your honesty. Glittering prizes and endless compromises shatter the illusion of integrity. Yeah. This is this is infantile here. <laughs> and I said it. Infantile. I think Sting's not going to be on our podcast. I don't care. Okay. I don't want Sting. You don't want Sting on, on a, the podcast? I do. I would like to have well, Sting okay. on the podcast. Hey, Linda, tell Sting he's not welcome on the podcast. Two things, two things I'd like to talk to Sting about. One is you kind of got one album's good, one bad, one's good, one he bad. He is thing hitting this. Yeah. yeah. And two, the beard looks great. Oh, yeah. That, you, the beard was... He yeah. is what? He's what, 90? And he's still sexy as hell. 93, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he is. Um, and then it goes off into its... Oh, he, he then throws he has, out the R word he again. He has sex for like seven hours without having an orgasm. What? <laughs> That's not in this song. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Did he say that? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he's in interviews, yeah. He like it's tantric sex. <sighs> that makes this song even worse. Did I mention that you can go wild at Kroger? You can no, go okay, wild yeah. at Kroger. <clears throat> so I don't. I mean, every time this song is on, I know the meaning of it now. Uh huh. And I get that. Uh huh. I just don't want to hear. Is it, it ever just? That, is it just that he's written so many things that make sense that? But when he thinks about this person, it it makes no sense. It's it's because of the guy that brings the band donuts, and let oh, me explain. Okay, the police. That was Andy. The police. By this point, were a pretty well known band. Everyone loves the police. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're the rock and roll. Hall they're of fame. rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. They're doing their thing. No, but I mean, when this song was written, they were already established. They uh-huh. were like a thing. Yeah, that was off the of synchronicity. The police. Yeah, the police are coming in to write a, an album. Oh my god, I'm going to be there when the police do their new album. What mm-hmm. are they going to do next? Uh-huh. And so Andy is bringing the donuts. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's excited. And he walks in and Sting is sitting there, do, 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 da, da, da. And the guy with the thing who thinks he's cool because he makes the guitar strum when it's not supposed to strum. That was Andy, yeah. 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 <laughs> he's like, okay. Uh-huh. And he goes home to tell his family. We what, just recorded a song tonight. Oh, honey, what was it about? It's about doo-doo and da-da. You mean from the guys that did every breath you take yeah. and walking yeah. on the moon and all and, exactly and, and, wrapped yeah. around your finger yeah. and they also did Roxanne and don't, yeah yeah d- d- don't d- stand so close to me <laughs> oh my gosh which is yeah is that There's, next week 
they're singing a song about da doo doo. Uh huh. And da da da. Da da da. <laughs> they sound like that guy Sebulba from uh, episode one. Benta Poodoo. So you know who Phil Collins is, right? I do. Okay. Philip Collins. Phil Collins was a guest on Late Night with David Letterman, <laughs> and they did a cold open. Okay, <laughs> uh, which is what we do right before the credit, the lead, the intro comes on. Yeah. So Phil Collins is talking to Dave, and in the background, Larry Bud Melman is hammering something, and Dave's like, "So Phil, it's so happy to have you on the show." Larry Bud Melman hits his thumb with the hammer, and goes, "Owie, zowie, ow, so so studio." <laughs> And Phil's like, oh, and, and and then he writes a song. I imagine, uh, yeah, that it's like he couldn't come up with anything else yeah. besides Susudio. Yeah, and the, the Susudio is a great song. Yeah, the do 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 the da da da. Oh my is God. no Susudio. So that poor Andy was so excited uh-huh. to hear Police do a new album, mm-hmm. and that's what he heard. I feel kind of bad for Andy because you know Stuart Copeland. Uh-huh. And Sting hate each other. Yeah. Like they could not possibly get along yeah. worse. Yeah. And they Elvis Costello brought them out. This is a few years ago. Uh-huh. He interviewed them and then they performed and they were still like bitching at each other. Stuart yeah. Copeland's like, how is his band? He could fire Sting if he wanted to. And Sting's like, huh? <laughs> you know, like, okay, whatever. And they even Stewart admitted that they would play and uh-huh. they would try to outperform each other yeah. and try to one up the other one and 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 just like and another funny police story was, uh, you know, the Go-Go's. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And I like the Go-Go's. Okay? okay. I'm a fan of Belinda Carlisle. They were mad at IRS records. Okay. They were yeah. furious with IRS records because they weren't given the same attention that they were given the police. Okay. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Grant, the Go-Go's are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Yeah. And they were the most yeah. successful girl group. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up with that. <laughs> I don't think we can do any more. We've pissed off Sting. We have. We've pissed off the Go Go's. Yes. Well, I, I hope we didn't piss off Robert Hill. No, uh, no, no, okay. no. <laughs> uh, please, please visit us at irritabledadsyndrome.com. Please leave us a review. Yes. We had a, a nice review on our site. Five star review. Yeah. From uh, Ryan. Was it Ryan? Ryan Burkhart. Ryan yeah. Burkhart. Yeah. Five star review. Very yeah. Yeah. excellent. Yeah. So please do that. The thank reviews you, really do and, help. And Ryan, us. thank you so much. We appreciate yep. that. Appreciate it very much. Uh, visit us on irritabledadsyndrome.com. Subscribe to us. Um, I've started a new thing on the Patreon Patreon for mm-hmm. our patrons. Yes. Um, the episodes are ad free, mm-hmm. so we're in a program with Buzzsprout where they're inserting ads into our show. Okay. I don't know how long that's going to last. Okay. But I thought, here's a good opportunity to give something back to the patrons. Right. The only ads in our Patreon are the ones that we do with Dave Lay. Yeah. Which are, by the way, some of them are for real stuff. Some of them aren't. We don't get paid (laughs) crap for them. I don't want people to think that we're pushing Dave out. We're not. Dave is a vital part of this podcast. We just... Hell, there's some people who only listen to it for Dave. Yeah. It's just you guys have helped us reach a point where we're able to participate in this program yeah. and actually have ads put in. So yeah. that's a big milestone for us. Yes. But we want to make it uh, the show available in an ad-free format for our patrons. Yeah. And, and we'll figure out how that works going yeah. forward. But yeah. So I've started putting uh, episodes in the 80s. I'll, I'll go back through the... Library? I'll go back through the library. Our vast I'll go library. back through the vast yeah. library. <laughs> So thank you very, very much for listening. Yeah, thank you. And we hope to see you next week on Irritable Dad Syndrome.
Before we go, can someone give me a ride home? I'll be waiting downstairs. Thank you. I'd like to advertise for a new band. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Anyhow. We need to get a we need to get a little bit of synchronicity here if I may be so. Oh, synchronicity's nothing to do with order. It's more to do with chaos. It doesn't mean anything, Sting. Is there any part of you that says never say never? No, I never say. say never. But here's what you can say. Andy, Sting, you're fired! <laughs> I'm not stay. fired. You're fired. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. I fired you, it's sort of hard to deal with that from my point of view. Deal with what? To, to deal with this? To do with an interview. We're like this all the time, you know? This is it. We'd be like this, this what tomorrow. You get. But at the yeah. moment, I want to have a fight. Yeah. Much better television than your questions. I promise you. Okay. i tell you what, should we film me whopping Sting? Yes. That would be good, wouldn't that it? That would Wouldn't be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Let's go. That's that. Let's get out of here.